Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity treatment. M-O-L-M-M. That feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, that's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto-tune that, put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. Six hours later. Y'all done got digly pain. You done got digly pain. Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that only ever uses 3D audio. Unless we mean 2D audio, but with like just a little wiggle to it. Honestly, 2.5D feels like we're rounding up. I'm your host, Jason Helms, and with me as always is the Tanuki to my boomerang, the ambidextrous amiibo of ambivalence, my childhood friend and co-host, Corrigan Vaughn. I understood some of that. There we go. And I liked it. Yes! It was Even. It was really nice. Thank you. It felt less backhanded than the intros Ben usually gives me. Ben always gives it just a thin veneer of cruelty. Uh, and I decided to, to peel that off. Yeah, I appreciate that. It felt really nice. Do we I should think. never have Ben back. Well, I agree. I agree. Um, <laughs> I am the captain now. I am the cap. I am the the co-host. Now. That doesn't work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so as you met, as you noted, uh, Ben has the month off because he can't handle the ludo narrative dissonance of Mario games. So Corey brought her own co-host, one half of Jack of All Graves, a man who can somehow admit when he's wrong, and perhaps most importantly, the owner of a PS5, Mark yep. Lewis. Good evening, or afternoon, or morning, everybody, wherever you may be. Lovely to be invited back. Uh, it's it's um, It legitimizes me as a podcaster to be invited onto other people's podcasts. So just for personal reasons, entirely for my own id, thank you very much indeed for welcoming me back again uh, to <laughs> Molumf, which, by the way, is the clumsiest acronym. Ah, uh, we can do better. Of any- <laughs> Go. We can do better because you are a friend of Lone World yes. Fiber, making you a thump. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, it's even good. worse. It is good. It's even worse. <laughs> yeah. It's horrifying. And I love it. I want to toast a full umph over a, over a campfire, maybe on a, on, a, on a stick. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're doing tomorrow, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Making some yeah. Yep. Uh, springtime full umph party. <laughs> now that you've experienced a s'more, are you going to bring s'more fixins with you? Uh, I mean, probably not. We have a small car. <laughs> you know, it's essentials only. How big are graham crackers there? <laughs> They're <Vast>. huge. <laughs> You can only buy them in like big blocks, huge pallets. You just buy one, you buy one for the year and just break off a hunk. <laughs> a great oh. reason to not make some more. Yeah, we, 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 we just don't have the room. Well, I don't. I don't want to pack the pickaxe and the chisel to get into the graham yeah. crackers. You know, it's just a lot. I literally do not want to camp if there are not s'mores. Like that is the the. American in me, I guess. But if there are no s'mores, like, why am I going mm. anywhere? Why am I sleeping outside if I don't get a s'more? That's unreasonable to me. Hot hot take. Mm. I love s'mores. Okay. They are the perfect food for when you are not camping. And they are the worst food mm. for when you are camping. It's fun to toast the marshmallows. Okay. Yeah. But you always end up sticky and covered in chocolate. Like, no matter what yes. you do. And there's no way to wash your hands. You're just, you're just hosed. If you've got a beard, it's, yeah. it's even worse. Well, I never and thought about that. Outdoors, there's all sorts of like twigs and dirt and leaves and whatever, and that's going to end oh, up. Yeah. It's going to end up on your marshmallow. It's going to end up in in you. It's going to end up in your in you. Yeah, you wake up in the morning and you've just kind of got this fine layer of dirt caked on to no the thanks. marshmallow on your hands. Two minutes under the broiler on the top deck. Boom. Uh. S'mores at home. 
Easy. We've we've microwaved them in the past, and that yeah, worked. It works. just yeah. fine. Works. And then you used a lighter, right, to get the char on it. Yeah, we did actually. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the char is the most important part of marshmallows <laughs> to me. I'm a like I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to marshmallows, I'm a straight like light it on fire till it's black mm. person, and that's when no. it's like it's no. basically a pocket of air of charred air, crunchy air, crunchy air. That's my <laughs> that's my mallow. This is not about taste for me, but it it has to be perfectly browned, right? If any mm. part of it gets black, I've ruined it. Because for me, it's mm. it's yet another gameplay experience of how do I turn it just right? Ooh, right? How do the I perfect do this? toast? I like the taste of burnt marshmallows; they're great. But I'm playing a video game over here because mm. we had to go camping, and nobody let me pl- bring a video game. <laughs> fair. That it is sounds, so fair. From what you're saying, Jason, it sounds to me like myself. You're very much a texture guy. As well as taste, texture is a massive part of... It's, well, it, I mean, all big the, same. <laughs> a lot of the foods that I don't like are, are just because of the texture. They don't quite feel right. Yeah. You know? This is why guacamole mm-hmm. is the worst thing in the world. Uh-huh. That texture uh-huh. is narcor. See, I like guacamole, and and yet I've gotten salmonella from guacamole. And still, what? I like guacamole. Ha- it was not great. No. What ingredient? Well, I, so... I did one It was the yeah. avocado. No, I use the avocado. I, I uh, avocados the, can get salmonella. So that's a bit of a um, an underreported story I found when I got the call from uh, the Fort Worth Department of Health uh, about it to find out <laughs> okay. where, where I got it from. They said, "Yes, you can get it from avocado." Are you sure that's where you got it from, or, or what's leading you to think that? I said, "Well, I I went to to do my grocery shopping at Target, which was a bad choice because it's like the neighborhood grocery store part of Target. Mm. Like it's not like a real grocery store, and so it's not a place yeah. where you want to get fresh produce." And so they, they had like two avocados. So I grabbed them and one of them had a hole in it. Uh, it had clearly been like busted through, but I'm home now when I discover this. I'm like, am I going to not make avocado? Am I going to not make gua- guacamole? Like I, I got forbid. this all here. What could go wrong? What oh, could no. go wrong? Salmonella is the answer. Uh, my wife was out of town too. <laughs> That's such an incredible oh, worst case scenario because mm. all you're thinking is like, oh, I might like, what's the worst that could happen? I might get a tummy ache. Boo-hoo. <laughs> just kidding. The salmonella. Oh, uh, I might have to, just... to take my two-year-old to the urgent care with me because I can't oh. leave her at home because my wife's out of town. That's, oh, that's worst man. case scenario. Like, yeah. it got bad. Oh, dude. If you're going to experiment with food, make sure you're in a situation where you have childcare mm. handy. I think that that seems like a really good, you know, go-to. When my yes. husband and my mother yes. experiment with things, like when they ate the mushrooms in the backyard, they yell at me, hey, oh. if we, like, get silent or scream, call 911. You're the so, sitter. you know, yeah, yeah you got to back up <laughs> just in case. Well, you've given me one more reason to completely avoid avocados anyway. There you go, right there. Yeah. Uh, it is yeah. pretty rare, from what I've heard. Uh, I can imagine. But, yeah, yeah. but if you get a holy avocado from Target. Yeah, yeah. the other time, uh, my kid got salmonella, and we believe it was from the snake at the zoo. <laughs> I have heard that before. I've heard of, like, snakes being a source of... Did they... I almost said avocado instead of salmonella. <laughs> Did they bite the snake? What happened? No, no, no. They, they just got it on their skin or something. And so they've Ooh. got, like, a, a hand-cleaning station right next to it, but... It's like, were we quick enough? Did she get her mm. hand into her mouth, like in between? Because she was like, yeah, like ooh. 14 yeah. months at that time. Yeah. Um, and it just started, just exploded at Costco. Like, <laughs> amazing. Oh, like, I'm dear. sitting there, and like, 
Uh, just like that, you remember that game Lemmings? It's just yes. what I'm imagining. Yes, yes, yes. Like, <laughs> I, I can't stop. <laughs> and I, like I'm turned around, and she's in the car seat in the because uh, you can like hang the car seat in the um, the cart. Uh, yeah. And so like she's there, kind of just facing up, and I just hear something. And I turn around, I just see like a fountain coming out of the car seat. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh man! Pick I imagine this must have happened to my mother a lot when I was a child because I'm yeah. a big puker um, yeah. and I just have immense sympathy for that. Oh, precious baby. Well, I'm excited for two things. Uh, first off, I'm excited to see how much of this Ben leaves in. And second off, I'm excited. <laughs> this is good content, Ben. Good content. This is good content. This is scintillating. Uh, it's yeah. going on the, the holiday episode, if nothing else. <laughs> All Keep right, so it let's, in. Keep it in. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about the development of the game. We're going to talk about the gameplay, uh, kind of hardest puzzles, uh, what we liked about it. Uh, but we're going to start, and of course, don't worry, we're going to get to drinks and songs and recommendations and all that. But we're going to start with our individual histories with Mario. So question for each of you, what's your first Mario memory or maybe your first Nintendo memory? Mm, that's such a good question. I love Nintendo. I mean... I think I peaked at Nintendo, really. Beyond that, everything was button mashing from that point forward. But Nintendo was where it's at. And I remember my brother had one. Um, and for some reason, I, he probably brought it with him to New Jersey. Because I remember sitting right next to where I'm sitting now and, like, playing Duck Hunt very mm. vividly as a kid. And, like, Duck Hunt was my jam. The, like, the feeling of pulling that trigger is so satisfying. And it makes that weird little sound when you do it and like oh just great feedback loved that game to my core um and would just you know anytime he like left or something like that and couldn't be like no little sister you can't play i would sneak on to the nintendo mm -hmm. and just go to town it was it was such a huge part of like of my childhood memories even though it was rare it was a sporadic occasion that i would be able to do that oh love it uh, for me, uh, Mario and Nintendo specifically are synonymous with that move from home computers to consoles. So uh, as a kid, you know, uh, gaming was, you know, an Amiga, Commodore computers, a Commodore 64, Spectrum. I don't know if you had those in the States, but but kind of home computers that you'd have to load with a tape deck and wait 15 or 20 minutes while you crossed yeah. your fingers. The Apple IIe. Exactly. Is it going to work? Yeah. Is it going to work? Uh, uh, my first console as in banging a cartridge, turn it on, and fuck, you are there, was the Super Nintendo. And the first game I played on that uh, was Super Mario World. And coming from a home computer with a disk drive, it's, it's a completely different experience. And vividly, vividly remember just scratching away at the surface and realising, hang on, this is a way, way, way deeper experience than the beautiful visuals, the amazing music, those wonderful animations, uh, the 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 just the nuance, the subtle characterization of those little sprites. But there's so much more going on. You know, there are secrets and there are layers and there are hidden bits of the map. And yeah, um, so and and from and from then on, since forever, right up until today, Nintendo are synonymous with gaming, with console gaming, to me. Yeah. Agreed wholeheartedly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I love Nintendo games. Uh, I love just the whole ethos that Shigeru Miyamoto has brought to Mario and to all of the yeah. games that have kind of sprung from that. This feeling of games as as toys, as something you can kind of play with and experience that just kind of exists yes. within your world. Um, Mario has no personality, right? He's just kind of 
kind of furniture. Uh, but he's just <laughs> yeah. wonderful furniture. Um, but my earliest Mario memory, uh, we got a Nintendo in, I think, 87. I would have been six. Um, I remember we, we came back from church, and my dad was not a churchgoer. Uh, and he spent his time uh, much more fruitfully uh, and came home with a Nintendo. <laughs> Uh, and surprised oh. us all, and we were happy <laughs> with that. Uh, and so we were getting into it, and we had uh, Mario, and we had Zelda, and I think that was it for the first yeah. you know, six months. Right. The only things we were I feel like that's pretty that's standard. That's all you need. That is all you need. That's six <laughs> yeah. months worth right there, Mario and yeah. Zelda. Well, I, I, and I, will, I teach classes on video games, and I, I will teach Mario 1-1 as this yeah. is what a tutorial looks like. You know, This yes. level is designed mm-hmm. to teach you how to jump, how to, play the how game. to mm-hmm. move, yeah. how to do things. Every single element that's going to be shown in the rest of the game, and in fact, in the rest of all of Mario, is kind of contained mm-hmm. in this one level. All of mm-hmm. the just basic procedures you have to do. And I, I remember trying to jump over a very small gap in Mario on that first level and just thinking, this is impossible. You can't hold the over button and the jump button at the same yeah. time. I've, right. How could someone do that? It seemed, you know, so difficult. But that was what taught me to play. But my favorite Mario memory from that that first Mario is coming downstairs and finding a new high score. Somebody had beat Mario. Uh, and I had, at the time, a 13-year-old sister there and assumed it was was her, was Caroline. Uh, I talked to her about it. Turns out, no. Um, wasn't, wasn't any of my siblings. And it turns out uh, that, that my poor mother, uh, in the midst of the dissolution of her marriage, had insomnia and was going downstairs and had just become a hardcore gamer. And had No, it was uh, Glee! Before anyone had gotten to, like, level four. It was Glee. I did not see this plot twist coming. Because you know her! And yeah. this is not her. did not see that coming. It, it was amazing. a particular kind of insomnia that, that yeah. gave her uh, the ability to beat Mario. Yeah, well, and what, like, I feel like that really speaks to what Mario is, what Nintendo games are, to, like, someone who does not do this yes. in their, you know, this is, like, a thing that would never occur to her generally, was able to pick this up, you mm-hmm. know, in her sleepless nights and play it, and for one, get comfort from it, too, you know, like, this is, everything is dissolving around me, but I'm playing this game, and this is giving me some sort of pleasure and joy and somewhere to aim the stress and all of that stuff. Uh, but it's it's so playable. And that's why I always love Nintendo because things te- are playable. You know, when I get them as someone who is not great at games, and you'll hear about how not great Mark and I are as games as we go along with this. Wow. Uh, we did not make it very far in this game. I'm going to say that uh, we are terrible at it. But nonetheless, mm. it's fun. So and fun. you know how to do it. You know, yes. like we're maybe a little too spazzy to be successful <laughs> at it. But, you know, there's, there's a joy fault, in doing it? it. It's never <laughs> unlike Mario Kart sometimes, which right. seems right. to just arbitrarily enjoy punishing you. Yeah. With with Mario and with Mario 3D World in particular, it is it's all you you always know. What yeah. the f- it was me. It was always me. Yeah, it was always you. And then when uh, you with the reverse are of when you accomplish yes yes yeah exactly same thought when you're successful like yeah. when we got like a new star or something then it was just like yeah hell yeah like we were mm. so excited yes um, all right so let's let's get into the development a bit and uh, that's going to give me Please a chance do. to talk about some of the design philosophy around what we're describing. And then we can talk about our own experiences. Sounds like we had at least two different experiences, perhaps three. There's three of us, so we'll find out. But Super Mario 3D World, uh, the game we're talking about today, I don't know if I've even said that yet. We're talking about Super Mario 3D World. I don't believe you have. Uh, (laughs) Why would I? Uh, Released in 2013 for the Wii U. So if you're wondering why you'd never played it before, that's the answer. 
uh, mm. right there because you didn't have a Wii U and no one else did either. And it was remastered for the Switch in February, and they added a new game called Bowser's Fury, which is completely new for uh, for this release. Uh, the producer on um, 3D World is Yoshiaki Koizumi, uh, who got his start in the early 90s with Zelda and A Link to the Past, uh, and has been kind of instrumental at kind of the top tier of Nintendo stuff for 30 years, or very close to it. But he's often not seen as, you know, one of the big names. People know Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario and Donkey Kong, the creator of kind of everything Nintendo. Uh, but most people don't know Yoshiaki Koizumi. But Koizumi is Miyamoto's protege. He is someone who, you know, Miyamoto really trained to do this next thing. And he talks about kind of the ways that they differ. And one of the ones is something we pointed out earlier with the sense that Mario is not really a character, right? He's mm. just furniture. Mm. For Koizumi, Mario is a character. He wants to see how can we develop this character a little bit more? How can we make him more of a thing? So I've got two quotes um, from Koizumi from a uh, Next Gen Games article. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, He said, uh, if you think about games only as a thing you interact with, you're missing the possibility of immersion. The inspirations that I tend to draw on for that all come from real life itself, hiking on a mountain and seeing a cave and thinking about what's inside. It's that sense of wonder and excitement that I want players to feel. And I think that these games really capture that, that sense of wonder and excitement of, oh, can I go up there? Can I do that? <laughs> the other is he remarks of his mentor, Miyamoto. He says, Miyamoto has taught me that if a player does not feel right, this can affect the whole game. The more things a player can do, the more possibilities are available for the game. A great example is Super Mario Brothers. What if Mario couldn't jump? Even the lowliest Goomba would be unstoppable. But when he can jump, breaking blocks, stomping enemies becomes possible. So several new possibilities can open up from only one new ability. But of course, complexity can become higher. At Nintendo, we call it player-based design. It's all about the balance between fun and complexity. And I really feel like 3D World is kind of the apex of that design philosophy of giving you so many more power-ups and saying, okay, now what can you do with this? Okay, now what can you (laughs) do with this? Uh, And letting you unlock those possibilities. Um, 3D World is often called a 2.5D game. It's it's a 3D game, but it's a side-scroller. It's a platformer. Right, right? And you really can't play with a camera all that much, except in a few places. Bowser's Fury, on the other hand, straight up 3D. But it really is a translation of the ideas from 3D World into an actual 3D world. Um, I found almost nothing about the development of Bowser's Fury at all, huh. which is, you know, it's, it's brand new. It makes sense. Uh, there is one other set of quotes I wanted to read from uh, Kotsuki uh, about um, adding Princess Peach to 3D mm-hmm. World. This is actually from uh, Hayashida. Uh, one of the other developers, who said that uh, Peach was not originally going to be a playable character until Koizumi suggested that she be added. Uh, And then Koizumi uh, would talk about it, said, I feel like Mario games, as you know, have done lots of representations of male characters over the years, perhaps much more so than female, so it's actually really nice to be able to have a female playable character in the game. And and I want to emphasize that, that Mario had a, a playable female character in the late 80s with Super Mario 2. Oh? Yeah. And then never again. Who's that? Peach. Princess Peach. Oh, you Peach. Okay. I was like, was there another one? Or, okay. Yeah, uh, gotcha. No, the Just Peach. kind of. It gets more complex than that. But yeah, that was the first playable char- oh, okay. uh, female character in a Mario. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that really wet people's appetites. They really wanted more female representation in Mario games. And it's really mm. embarrassing the lack of that. Um, yeah. 
Peach has only had one game of her own, and it's really bad. Not just in terms of it not being a good game, but in terms of her superpowers are basically PMS. Like, it's a bad game. Oh, no. Um, yeah. And so I, I'm hoping that there's a translation issue happening with Koizumi saying, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps more men than women. We've had more yeah. men than, than women, uh, right? If, um, you might, if someone ran a tally, they might find... If, if anyone who can say had more than two fingers, they could count it up and, <laughs> and figure out what's going on. Um, and yet I, I'm really I appreciate that she's there. I, I'm excited. Uh, and she retains the different uh, jump abilities. So Super Mario 2 introduced her and Toad and Luigi as playable characters where they actually had different abilities than Mario. So Luigi can jump higher than Mario. Uh, Peach can jump for longer than Mario, and Toad picks things up more quickly. A fairly useless skill. <laughs> um, but he's got it. Well, that's good. Good for Toad. All right. That's that's all the dev stuff I've got. Uh, let's jump into our reactions. What did we think? You, you said uh, you two had some, some issues with it. Uh, you enjoyed it, but maybe you didn't get as far as you'd hoped. It's a terrific game for reminding you that you aren't anywhere near as good a gamer as you think you are. <laughs> uh it's you know the you you mentioned the tanuki suit earlier on you know the the visuals the power-ups they belie what is actually a vicious son of a bitch of a game um and it's really good for testing friendships as well it's something that i've been <laughs> it, it is I, and not just friendships but familial bonds i've been I'm, I count myself really lucky to be able to kind of experience Nintendo again through my kids. And, and it, no matter how good a day my two sons are having, uh, it, it takes literally five minutes of Super Mario 3D World to reduce them to, you know, cats in a bag <laughs> fighting. With. I said over there, no, stop, give me that power up. It, it really tests the bonds of, of trust and goodwill that you have for one another. Um uh, that said, it it you know it is it is immense fun, and the you will die a lot, and each death is always squarely down to you and not the game. It is it is as uh, is one of Mario's trademarks. I I I think I'm right in saying a very beautifully balanced experience, but just with one sharp learning curve. And Mark, you're you're uh, not much of a gamer. You you play easy baby time frolics games like. Uh, uh, Dark Souls, right? Uh, Demon Souls and uh, Returnal. <laughs> Returnal. Returnal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, like, these are yeah. games I've seen you talking about. Like, these are the games you like. You like hard games. Mm. Yep, yes. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's what 3D World does. Maybe it's lulling you into a false sense of security. Maybe, you know, anyone, you mentioned uh, World 1.1 1. 1 earlier on, and, and beautifully, beautifully put, how it lays everything in the entire franchise out for you in one little level, and it gives you everything on a plate. Does 3D World lull you into a false sense of security, thinking there's nothing new under the sun here, you got this, pick the pile up and just enjoy? That's not the case. There's a lot going on mechanically. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's a very busy game, um, yeah, extremely. And, yeah, and one that you can't you can't kind of assume you know how to play simply because you're a franchise veteran. Yeah, I think the first time that I played it was actually with you, Mark, with your mm-hmm. son, yes, sort of was. coaching us coaching as us. Yeah, we yeah, he played. So I had not picked it up before then. I was like, I'm going to save this. Um, we're going to play it, uh, and you know his son was like just sort of talking to us like you know we had the little which is one of the great things about the switch to the app that you can have on your phone so you can talk to people while you play which is super fun um we were talking to each other on this what's that Uh, i haven't used this this sounds fantastic 
Yeah, it's delightful. You just it's like just like the Nintendo Switch app or whatever. And it, you know, will read whoever you're playing with on there once you sign up. And then it's like, do you want to talk to this person in this game? And you're like, yes. And you can just sit there and talk. I have a I have a different take about that app. Um, It's just it's just one of a million ways in which Nintendo have gone. Yeah, yeah. That thing that works really well on all the other consoles, that (laughs) time honored way of communicating with other players. That's true. eh, We're not going to do that. That's a very you can use your phone. (laughs) Yeah. That's a yeah. valid point. I will grant yeah. you. Nonetheless, it is very fun to just sort of have this thing that's yes. separate from, you know, the other things on your phone or whatever. You could zoom, I suppose, mm-hmm. whatnot. But it's just there and it runs in the background of stuff. And his son was, you know, yelling at us what to do while we played. Uh, no, he's very polite. He was he delightful was. to have along. <laughs> but it was, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. It was like once I jumped in there, I was like, whoa. I I don't know how to play this game. Mm. Um, And I realized that I was going to have to do, you know, a lot more playing to actually have any understanding of, like, how this character moves. Um, It's like anything from speed to jumping to, you know, what does this suit that I'm suddenly wearing mean? Um, You know, what powers does this give me or how does it hinder me? Things like that. I'm still not entirely sure the purpose of the like growing really big one. It doesn't appear to do anything that's particularly helpful to me. Are you kidding? Um, (laughs) Are you kidding? (laughs) But maybe at some point it does. The levels that I've played so far where it's come up, I've been like, this is a hazard more than anything else. Um, But on top of that, you just walk around and destroy everything. Yeah. When, yes. when you're it's the gigantic, Godzilla suit, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, you destroy uh-huh. everything. I mean, it's satisfying. I just haven't felt that it's helpful. <laughs> but when is it not helpful to destroy everything in your path? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. It just feels like I'm a target. Like now I'm just easier to hit uh. or whatever. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was it felt like getting into this game. Yeah, you know you know the basics of what a Mario game is going to be. Like that's it isn't surprising per se, but I mean, I think that's the reason why we keep buying more versions of it instead of just like, hey, just keep making the same game over and we'll just keep playing that. Like there's, you I know, you know, you're going to have to learn something new. This game is, a, I think, a cracking uh, embodiment of that that philosophy that Nintendo always has in their hardware, that thrill of discovery. Right. Um, yeah. I talked about big Nintendo memories earlier on before we hit record. And one of my just... I will never forget the first time uh, that I saw uh, a Wii remote, a Wiimote, when <laughs> Nintendo announced and unveiled Wiimote and they, they kind of published press pictures of the Wiimote. And I just gawped at this thing. What the hell? Because, you know, <laughs> traditionally, controllers were all, you know, held in landscape, button here, D-pad there. That's what a controller is. Nope. Once again, Nintendo, pff, wrong. Now it's this. And <laughs> you could not wait to just get your hands on this and, and figure out how the hell is this going to translate into an experience? And I think right. that ethos is writ large in 3D world. What the mm-hmm. hell is this? How do I make this work? How does this fit into this world? And then you discover and it comes to life and it's quintessential Nintendo. Yes. Yeah. And also even on that like hardware note, like there's the fact that the gameplay of this is different between when you're playing that on your TV and then when you yes. take it and you pick it up. Because yes. I've played it yes. both ways and, you know, you're kind of jump-starting your learning curve. Again, it mm-hmm. looks different. You experience the, what was the 2.5D differently mm. on your <laughs> handheld console versus when you play it on your TV. Um, things function differently that way. Some are easier one way, some are the other way. 
Um, mm. So there's, it's just so much to it. It's there's so many layers to this game. And it's I, as you were speaking, Mark, I was thinking of. Uh, do you know J.J. Abrams' concept of the mystery box? Of course. Uh, yeah. So so director J.J. Abrams, one of the big things he loves is the idea of the mystery box, and the mystery box is always better unopened. Right. The mm. second you open, it's always going to be deflating. Mm-hmm. And so this is very true of J.J. Abrams' movies and television yes. shows, right? It's like, <laughs> what a cool idea. Where is it going? Nowhere. It's going oh, nowhere. There's yeah. nothing happening. I, I never thought that we would actually have to look inside the box. What, what fun would that be? <laughs> mm. um, Nintendo, I, as you were talking about, I started to think it's like the inverse of J.J. Abrams' mystery box, right? Mm. It's a box that looks really plain. Or it's a bro- box that's like, oh, hey, this, is, this seems kind of okay. I'll check it yeah. out. And then... The discovery is not in the opening of the box. The discovery is in the using of the tool, right? The, mm. Oh, the cat can climb up walls? What? Oh, I can right. go up here now? Mm. Right? It's, it's that feeling. Uh, and so I'm, I'm alluding to one of the power-ups in the game. Kind of the key one is that you can become a cat. And as a cat, you can scratch things. You can go a little bit faster. But mainly, you can climb up walls. And once you can do that, that is such a fundamental change in how Mario works, right? Mario yeah. has been able to climb up before. But but never to literally climb up a wall. Uh, right. That's that's brand new. Without having to bounce off of a bunch of shit on the way up. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yep. You just go straight up. But not up every wall. Some of them you can't do it on. Nope. You know, so nope. you're constantly Smart. testing the limits of your, your cat abilities as well. Yeah. It feels straight up overpowered. As soon as you get it, you're like, there's no way I can do yeah. this. This isn't allowed. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So as we're talking about overpowered, I think uh, you both hit a wall, it sounds like. Uh, so... I'm, I'm going to guess that the, the name Grumblump Inferno means nothing to you. No. Mm, I don't think we got there. Uh, hey there, Ben here, just uh, editing the episode. Thanks, first of all, yeah, thanks again uh, for, for listening, uh, for, your, for downloading, for telling your friends about this. Really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, one, one quick thought. At this point, it's been fun, right, bleeping out all the swears. Just a really good time all around. Um, but Mark's going to talk pretty soon and things get kind of out of control. And let's just say the rest of the episode is rated mature. So if you're driving around doing carpool with your kids or something, maybe at daycare, maybe switch to, uh, maybe switch to a different podcast and then come back to this with your headphones on. Uh, that is all enjoy. Uh, and as always, thank you to David Botlock. Shout out to our, uh, Patreon producer tier. Thank you for all you do. Enjoy the episode. But just to pause, yeah, please, Corey, uh, you just said cat abilities when Catributes was right there. It oh, was just, Catributes oh. was just on a plate. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn right it. There. All right. Well, I'm a I'm a head out. It's been fun. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> well, some something more traumatizing than Corey's missed pun um, <laughs> is Grumblump Inferno. So I'm gonna paste a link in the chat, and I want you to both pull it up. And then get ready to, to perhaps play at the same time. So if you've got to watch an ad, we'll, we'll wait. And then we'll kind of count it down and go one, two, three, play. Sure. Uh, but this is a, a later level. So, so you want to describe what you're seeing? This is a giant, um, well, is this Grumblump? Is that, <laughs> is that what we call these? Is I that what it's called that? I think it's a Grumblump. I think it's a Grumblump. It's a big cube with um, sad faces all over it. And our cat protagonist uh, has to run across this cube that is turning. Mm. Um, it's like rotating in hot lava and try not to fall into the hot lava as it goes down this like river. 
So scampering up each face yeah, as it becomes vertical face, so yeah. to find a horizontal place to sit on till it's till it turns again and scampering up as it becomes vertical. Let's let's fast forward till it gets exciting again. <laughs> don't slide, don't slide. Yeah. Yeah, don't climb over that one. Now climb again. Oh god. Oh, and then it's okay. Now this person is very good at it, as you can tell. Yeah, clearly. This you know, would not be me. Thinking back to where Cory and I hit a wall the other night, we would not last long here, mate. <laughs> This isn't chance. for you and I. This ain't for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one more section. Oh my gosh. What this if we is... took that cube and instead made it a rectangle? Yeah. Rectangular prism. So now the sides are different lengths. Every side a different length. Oh, and then we turned it yeah, on its right. other side so it's high. <gasps> no, it's, oh no. Disgusting. Yeah, that's then, diabolical is what that is. Yeah, now that you have to uh-huh. fight people on it at the same time, mm-hmm. which is, I, like... Oh, they come back. I, oh God, I topped out on, um, in World 4, I think, um, when you have to take, like, the train thing, and there were, like, too many enemies, and I had to try not to fall off the train at the same time while doing, like, a whole bunch of other things, and I was, like, I went from having, like, 14 lives to two and was, like, I need to... I need to step back. I need to step back from this. 35 lives, Corey. I lost 35 lives. 35 lives on that? Holy smokes. And at that point, it's like, it's silly. Why do you even have that many lives? Like, do they even matter anymore? Mm, That's a really good point. That is a really good point. It feels really bad to lose them. And then you start to wonder when you get down to like 19 lives left, you're like, Mm -hmm. well, what does happen when I get to zero? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm assuming I get to still play, but. It gets your your hands get very sweaty, is what I'm saying. <laughs> they do get very sweaty. Uh, Mark, I'm very ready, or I, at least I feel like I'm very ready for a nice chilled out, you know, low temperature game that I can just enjoy the story of and chill and turn my turn my mind off after playing Returnal as much as I have and Mario 3D World. This is this is gaming as as self flagellation. This is gaming as self harm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a game that hates you. Um, yeah, when, when I say, when I say steep difficulty curve, just like that, that, you know, that first console experience with Mario World back in the day on the SNES, realizing that, hang on, don't be fooled, mate. <laughs> this, yeah, you, you really have to turn up to play these games. Yeah, it feels like false sense of security is like the common yes. theme of all of these now that now that I think about it, because that's how it was when I was a kid playing, too, that it was like, oh, yeah, no, I think I know how this works. I know how this works. And then after a while, mm. I'm like, I cannot I don't know how to play this game. I think the only Mario game I've ever beaten was 64. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now that oh. game is impossible. We've talked about it before, I think, on here yeah, that now that yeah. it was re-released. Yeah. Fuck me. That is an impossible game to play. It is. <laughs> it you is so back. difficult. You can't go back. Yeah. No, I it's impossible. It, it within the first 24 yeah. hours of repurchasing it because my I fingers remember saying, remembered. It just, uh. They just remembered it perfectly. I was like, how How do I? I was like, and then around here, there's another bad guy. And then you bounce on his head. And I was like, yeah. what is happening, fingers? That's what the, do you the know weird that? thing about it is that I remembered it. It just, I could not nail like timing on things and whatnot. And and this could also be controller drift and whatnot, I think, you know, is an issue. But, yeah. and I think this happened a little bit on this game as well, a little bit of controller drift. One of the things that's funny about this game, like Mark said, this is so busy. 
is that like sometimes it becomes just straight chaos where you have like, uh, for example, one of the levels that we were playing yesterday had something that split you into two and Mm -hmm. like then then there's multiple of you and four. And so like at one point there's like four of Mark and two of me and we're like running around and like then I don't know which one I am and (laughs) we're like trying to do all this stuff and neither of us like we were just like confused because there was just so much happening, you know, and that's like really emblematic of a lot of what happens in this and why we kept like dying constantly was like the chaos of it and panicking more than anything else where it's like if i were to like calm my tits for a second Mm. and like just be like breathe through what's going on on the screen react accordingly Yeah. yeah exactly if i like did that I would be I would be fine. But instead, I see something coming and I start to like jump one way and then I'm like, well, maybe I meant the other way. And I start to move the wrong way. And like, you know, it's again, it's all your fault. It's your reactions. It's not the game. It's on you when this happens. But then on the other hand, there are these wonderful stages where it, it just it takes you in its embrace and it just leads mm. you through something really fun. Like the the um, there are a few levels where it, it almost becomes almost like a a, a take on mario kart where you're being propelled along by speed tiles uh and you're on a a beautiful little track with beautifully timed jumps and beautifully timed crescents of coins for you to pick up and you know you 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 arrive at the flag at the end with very little in the way of input from you but you've been taken on this wonderful journey of inertia by the game just based on the mechanics of the game and you just ah just drooling in in pleasure at the colors and and, and what you're seeing before you. (laughs) And it really was, it was so funny playing this level because we'd been like, I think we started playing one of these levels like this yesterday after we had like died several times doing something else. We were like, should we just try something else? And went into this one. And it went from like Mark calling the game, the C word in the (laughs) last one to consistently being like, Oh, this is brilliant. Oh, this is so good. This is yeah. so good. The the yep. whole time. And we were we were dying on this one too. Console? Huh? Cartridge? What? <laughs> the C word. Just trying to figure out what it what it could possibly be. Yeah, he kept calling it a console, as you yes. do. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and he and like he just kept like get, like he was just so happy as we were playing this. And we were dying constantly. And like we realized when we didn't die on one of them that like we also had not gotten any stars. We had not accomplished anything. So we just went back and played it again. Yeah. Like scraped through with the lowest possible <laughs> accolade. <laughs> but it's just like there's something rewarding about the way that level was played, which is also one of the appealing things about this game is that like as much as something might drive you absolutely insane, there's also something that is just going to be a delight. Almost abusive when you put it like that. (laughs) Oh no, you're right. It'll hurt you just enough to make you want to leave, but then it'll just tickle you back in and and make you remember why you love it. And then it'll fucking harm you again. Oh, Mario, that is Mm, dark. Sure is. Well, there's a C word that just came up that I do want to talk about. That's cherry power up. Because uh, you mentioned Smooth. the cherry power up. Yes. Where, uh, yeah. Thank you. Now, now that was a segue. Is, does it help if I point to it? Oh, Mark, for God's sake. Would you I like you people. Segue. Wasn't going to do it. Wasn't going to do it. So so you point to the cherry power up, which is th- this new upgrade where when you get it, Mario divides into two and there's two Marios. And if you get it again, you get a third Mario. And again, you get a fourth and that's the max and you can do cool things with it. Um. And that was the last power-up added. 
and it was completely unplanned. It <laughs> was a bug. So no. they were testing the game, and somebody had written the code poorly in a way that it actually created two Marios on the screen at the same time. Oh and everyone at first was just so worried that it would break everything. <laughs> and they realized that the game wasn't even slowing down. It was doing just fine with two Marios. And actually, the, the same control inputs were controlling both of them. And they started to play with that a little bit. They're like, oh, it's fun. You can actually kind of like guide them around and do this. And then some, they started having so much fun with this bug that somebody kind of watching went, wait, 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 what if we let the player do that too? <laughs> and that's where the cherry power-up came from. Wow. What year did you say this was released on Wii U? Did you say 2013? 2013. Yes. Because there was a game uh, I played on, on, like an indie, a small indie game called So Many Me that I played on Xbox some years back. And that that's built around that self-same mechanic of of uh, being multiplying versions of the central character, all of whom react in the same way. They all jump at the same time. And depending on where you stack them on the screens, you get, you know, you, you can find your way out of puzzles. Um I thought, depending on which came first, I wondered if there'd been a little bit of borrowing from from one or the other. Is that a game you've played so many me? Does it ring a bell? I've never heard of it, but I like the name. No, but I did pull it up, and mm. it came out in 2014. So if it oh. happened, it went from Mario to this. Although my guess would be that there's actually examples of it before mm. 3D World. Uh, mm. They just didn't do it intentionally, right? It just kind of <laughs> naturally happened. Uh, and I don't think dev time wise that they probably had enough time yeah, to create a whole game around that. It, it would have been a very quick turnaround. Uh, so I, I'm going to you know excuse so many me and say that that they were fine. They didn't. They didn't yeah, copy. They, they got had a great idea. Oh, great. <laughs> on, lads. But that's good. wild as an origin story for that. I mean, because it doesn't feel like it's supposed to be there at all. I mm-hmm. mean, it makes perfect sense that that's something that came out of a bug. Because I'm like, I don't totally understand what this is for. Uh, there are times where you can kind of time if you don't accidentally split them up wrong or whatever, you can time for like something to stand on something at the same time. That's helpful. But like in general, it's just like, it's too many me's. It's too many. Too many. Too many me's. Yep. So we haven't yet talked. I don't want to rush us past this, but we haven't yet talked about Bowser's Fury. Did either of you get into Bowser's Fury at all? No, we ter- well because our okay. goal was to try to play this mostly to, to talk about the pair experience of mm. this of going online and playing yes. the game together, um, and you can't play Bowser's Fury together. It I played a, just a little <laughs> bit of the uh, first stage, and it, it felt similar in in handling uh, to Galaxy. It felt very yeah. similar in terms of the weight of the character. Yeah. And the, From the, the one level yeah. I played, yes. yeah, yep. same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I think Galaxy a lot, I think a lot of Mario 64 influence on it. Uh, with any 3D Mario, you're going to get that. But it, it really mm-hmm. is taking the concepts of 3D World and putting them into a 3D World, right? So the cat suit remains, right? And there's lots of cat suit based puzzles. There's lots of the same enemies, there's lots of the same kinds of things that come over from it. Uh, what I was most surprised by is, honestly, I think Bowser's Fury is the better game. And I love mm. 3D World. Okay. But I, I got every single star in Bowser's Fury. Wow. The central element of Bowser's Fury is that Bowser is there. And uh, he shows up at random times. And he's Godzilla-sized. And you can't fight him. You just have to run from him at first. Until you oh, okay. get enough stars to upgrade. And then you can become enormous and fight him. Like two giant kaiju. And you're never as big as him. But you're now, you know, building size, whereas he's four mm. building size. Very interesting. 
and it's it's beautiful it's amazing i love the element that that adds to it there's certain things certain stars you can only get by having giant bowser come at you and breathe fire at you when you're small and then you jump out of the way and he burns a hole through something and then you can get to a star Mm, and there's a lot of interesting um there's lots of things you can only do when bowser's there and you can't control when bowser's there huh i enjoyed this game so much uh you also you got to to meet plessy during 3d world there's a couple plessy levels where you're on the plesiosaur right uh the dinosaur uh on the water do you Corey, did you get to those in 3d oh yeah okay (laughs) well plessy is a major part of this because everything's an island and so you've got to take plessy between islands like so plessy is it, it does some great things with scale in this game all right, so you're you're moving between islands, kind of like uh, Super Mario World, right? Moving between different locations and kind of going yep. in. But there's, it's always diegetic. You never go out to a map, right? Mm-hmm. The, oh, the okay. map yeah. is the place. You're, you're I was actually wondering doing... about that in like because we kind of accidentally played the beginning of the game, and I was like, is this ever? Yeah. Like, do I cut out to anything, or does it just keep never. going? And, and in fact, the only way that you cut out is when you get large. It feels mm. like you're on a map. And you can, but you can still interact with these things, right? You can't cheat and get giant and then get the star from the top of the tower. Uh, mm-hmm. It won't let you do that. But it does give you this sense of scale, uh, the same way that moving between being in the level and out of the level in 3D world, right? You're on that that kind of world space. Mm-hmm. But imagine if the level itself were laid out on that world space, and now suddenly you can kind of walk around it and see the level that you were just on. But while you're doing that, Mario or. Uh, Bowser is trying to murder you with giant fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really stressful when you put it that it's way. It's really good. Oh, it's really, really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I no, was very scared yeah. of Bowser for a while. And then as you kind of get it down and you're like, you've got the rhythms and you can do that. Suddenly it's very pleasant. And the only annoying part is like, Bowser, I was right next to a star. Could you just hang on a second? <laughs> I'm about to get this. And yeah. then the second or third time that happens, you're like, oh, thanks, Bowser, for, like, knocking down this wall, because that actually makes me have a shortcut to this star. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll just jump on through here, you know. And so it's – the whole thing feels very immersive in a way that I haven't felt with a Mario game before, where it mm. just – there's all these systems playing with each other, and they just feel really nice together. Other times when Bowser shows up truly random, is it truly yeah. randomized? Okay, yeah. I love that. Yeah, there's a, there's a timer of some kind, mm-hmm. uh, and my guess is that it's changing between, like, five and seven minutes and some span in there. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not so random that, like, you get Bowser, he disappears, and then he comes right back. They're not that Right. Random. Right. Uh, <laughs> or that you play for two hours and don't see Bowser. Yeah, uh, sure. There's some kind of measure to it. Uh, and there's some predictability, right? You can see on the horizon, what happens is whenever you, you get rid of Bowser, he goes off and he slunks off and he, and he sits down in his shell. So you just see the shell on the horizon. And when it's going to come back, it kind of floats up, and then it starts to spin. And then it starts okay. to rain wherever you are. And then you get about 10, 15 seconds of rain to like, mm-hmm. all right, sort yourself out. Yeah. Because Bowser's coming. <laughs> get situated. And then boom, here he comes. Bowser's there. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's interesting. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. is appealing. It also sounds like I'd be terrible at it, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds, it. sounds That's an interesting concept. I'm going to suggest that that might give you all sorts of anxiety. Yeah. Well, well, I also had the thought that I like might be having Bowser nightmares afterwards. So I don't know. Maybe this is a bad idea. I'm going to have to assess this later and think about whether this is a good idea for me to play. Because you're right. It does sound anxiety-inducing. Well, can I show you another uh, a Bowser's Fury video? This is Would from... Would love that with this my is, whole heart. This is from the Please end. Please do. So at the very end of the game, you are a spoiler alert for Bowser's Fury, but guess what? At the end, Mario beats Bowser. Uh, it's not that much of a spoiler. No. And with the help <laughs> of Plessy, uh, the plesiosaur, 
And I so, love plesiosaurs so much. I feel like I've talked about this several times lately, and I don't know why, but I just fucking love plesiosaurs. If not, you just should talk about that out. Please just had to get that out um, there, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, so as they're attacking, suddenly, you know, they, I, I mentioned that they're always smaller than Bowser, right? Even when they get the the upgrade, suddenly at the very end when they knock down Bowser, they get into a giant chest of all of the power ups. And the screen yes. goes black. Okay. And then this happens. I'm kind of excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, giant, giant uh, Mario and Plessy land on Tiny Bowser, who's still bigger than a city. Um, delightful. Wonderful. It, a great moment of scale. I posted that on Twitter and said, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion 1998. <laughs> I don't understand the reference, but... <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure people listening to this will. It's for me. It's for me. <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> In fact, I think I saw that you had tweeted that and I just ignored it because I was like, I do not care to look into what that means. I only have limited time in my day. You, you ever tweet something and you're like, only three people are going to get this, but it's so good. I just need, mm-hmm. right? Oh, often. Often. <laughs> Would y- y'all like to talk more about the two-player experience or move on to beer and song? What do you think, Mark? Anything to add? It was a particular moment in the two-player experience and this wasn't limited just to Corey and I uh, I hit the same wall playing with my boys and that is the man you have to cooperate when you have to just time the switches yeah. nicely so that the platform moves in the right direction and change oh. the tracks and then jump over the furry worm um uh, but yes furry worm motherfucker <laughs> but it's yes it's it's when it works, right, there's this wonderful, on the rare occasions that you're in sync with your player two and you get the jump right and you switch the tracks and it just is smooth. Oh, man, it's wonderful. Uh, but the counterbalance to that is life after life after life of, no, no, you, now, wait, stop, fuck, no, 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 come back. Our most Pop constant me. thing was, wait, 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 don't, don't die while I'm dead. Don't die while I'm dead. Don't die while I'm dead. <laughs> don't, don't, don't die while I'm dead. Because it yeah. was like the bubble would be floating back and then the other person's still moving and they fall off something before the bubble pops. And you're like, no. almost in slow-mo. Come on. And you do that thing where you're desperately trying to wall jump your way out of death somehow. <laughs> if I could just wall jump oh back. God. Yeah. So many attempts at wall jumping away from death. So many. Yes. But yes. it was fun. Like, I think I found it fun nonetheless. Like, it was, I'm sure that, like, two small children, like Mark's sons, um, mm-hmm. probably just want to murder each other. But as two full-grown adults playing who, like, are self-deprecating about it and whatnot, you know, as frustrating as things about it were, I also yeah. just found it really fun to be playing a game with a friend. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and one who isn't in my living room with me. Yeah, that, once again, you know, classic That's Nintendo. such a cool capability. And I've come away from it not hating the game. I hate myself a little bit more than I did before playing it, but yeah, I don't hate the game. The game's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're feeling yeah. great about yourself, maybe play that with a friend and sort that right out. <laughs> Just bring it down a peg. Oh, it sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I need. That'll be great. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think without further ado, then let's get into the beer and the song. Let's do it. It's the drink and the song now, by the way, Jason. <laughs> this game's pretty fun with frustration when i was old i just had to question what's the drink what's the song i can't always tell i just want to know what game is 
Alright, Corey, you've got a drink that you'd like to share with us, I, I, I hope. I do have a drink that I would like to share. My drink is, I'm going to use a visual even though no one can see it, and also it's not exactly correct, but it's a black cherry. White Claw is my oh. drink for this game. This is mango, but shh, they can't see it. Anyway, shh. black cherry White Claw. I mean, it's black cherry. I can see it. Yeah, looks, right? Looks it's delicious. exactly what I showed mm. you was a black cherry White mm. Claw. Um, right. I picked the black cherry White Claw because as a youngster, I was very into black cherry things. Like black cherry Snapple was my favorite thing in the world. And I have like this very vivid memory. Like we didn't have money when I was a kid. And so like buying any form of treat was like, mm. oh my God, this is incredible, right? Um, and I remember one day buying a a black cherry Snapple and then walking out of Super John's Market and accidentally dropping it on the ground. And at the time, oh, no. Snapple bottles were made of glass yeah. no. and it just shattering and we couldn't buy a new one. <laughs> and so I could not drink my black cherry Snapple and it like I, it broke me. I am 35 years old and I still you remember. Still, I can see the pain. I can see it in your eyes <laughs> right now. You can hear the just a slow motion like Bruce Wayne's mum's pearls fall into the ground. <laughs> the Snapple up. bottle. That's exactly <laughs> it. For, for you, it was Black Cherry uh, Snapple. For me, it was Grumblump Inferno. But we all have <laughs> our traumas. We do. And so I picked it because like the Black Cherry uh, falling to the ground or like any memory related to that, um, this brings back those childhood memories of, of playing and these very distinct nostalgic feelings about this game. But... It's my white claw. It's also lightly alcoholic, just like me. <laughs> but uh, came out different than I meant it to. But let's go with it. Um, you know, it's it's adult. You know, and it's taking the same old memory that I once had. Every time I do have a black cherry white claw, it's like this little sense memory of my childhood, but seeing it through a new lens. And that's what mm. this game is for me. It's my childhood, but through a new lens. A nice high-functioning seltzer. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Precisely. You can still get stuff done with a buzz. Nice. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, well, Mark, tell us about your get stuff done with a buzz drink. Uh, wait, you can't get anything done with what I'm about to describe. Uh, so <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm not even convinced it's still on sale because if you're, if you're out of your teens, you have no business buying this drink. Uh, but... Uh, it's a drink called Aftershock, okay, that we uh, that I used to enjoy in my early years as a student, in my early uni years. Bright red, very in- attractive to look at. The drink is bright red or the like can is bright red? The drink is bright yes. red. Okay. Like, uh, like toxic. Awesome. You know, m- mutant fucking radioactive red uh, <laughs> with, a, with a, a kind of a really hot cinnamon flavor. And it looks fun, this drink. You know, it looks like something you want to you wanna play with. It looks like a fun drink. And the ritual is that you hold it in your mouth for a few seconds and, and swallow it. But before you know it, you are fucking ruined. Uh, <laughs> hence, hence my, my likening it to Super Mario 3D World. Looks such fun and is for a bit. But don't take it lightly, please, because you will be a casualty. I, I just pulled up an image That's and bright brilliant. red like doesn't do it justice. I mean, it's oh, like, you found aftershock. <laughs> it, it's like uh, glowing. 
it's it's yeah, definitely yeah. you know seems Vile. seems as though something from the Mario world has been placed into ours. Yes, uh, and it's just cartoonified. It's it doesn't it shouldn't exist in our world. Yep, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, what? Mm-hmm. And there's like other ones too that look like blue, like hair gel, and like these are yes. Uh, only red Satan death flavor was the only one that I uh, partook of, but wow. it 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 uh, evoked Mario 3D World for me. Yeah. I mean, having drank my fair share of Fireball in uh, bad decision evenings in grad school, this I relate <laughs> yeah. to this heavily. So yeah, mm-hmm. good good pick. Yep. Well, well, my drink was a little bit tamer than both of y'all's. Uh, mine was <laughs> tamer than White Claw. Uh, well, maybe not. Um, I apologize. <laughs> it's literally water. Came aftershock. <laughs> uh. I'm sorry. Proceed. I chose lo- no. No worries. I chose Lagunitas IPA because it's it's a beer you can get anywhere. It's mm. it's safe, uh, mm. but mm. it's also very good. It's very well made, and so mm. like for me, that's Mario. Right? Mario is just the most accessible of video games. Uh, yes. And yet, that doesn't mean it's it's poorly made. It doesn't mean it's you know it's like a good pop song that's like really been mm. well constructed. And it's like I respect this. I, I like to listen to it. I'm not going to you know dance to it at my wedding. I'm not going to cry to it in the middle of the night. But like, it's it's enough, and it's exactly what I need when I'm just kind of bopping along in the car. It's great. Mm. So yeah, that's why I chose Lagunitas. Uh, and speaking of songs to bop along to, uh, mm. my song for this game was uh, a song introduced to me uh, by Letterkenny. A, a show introduced to me yes. uh, by Corey, and I chose... I was really worried you were about to say by Ben as retribution. Uh, that would have been more fun. And- <laughs> oh, that would have been more fun. <laughs> this is mine. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, and, I, and I chose Jesus Was a Crossmaker by Judy Sill, uh, the cover by uh, Frida Hivona. Blind in me, his song remains remote. Lovely. So you, you got the gist. Uh, it it mm. also makes me cheer up a bit. Uh, the the chorus is Jesus was a crossmaker, or it's uh, about her her partner who is um, abandoned and a heartbreaker, but Jesus was a crossmaker. Right, that's the the contraposition. The idea is that uh, Jesus, as great as he was, he was a carpenter. You know, who do you think made crosses? Mm. We've all got something wrong with us. Sure, sure, this guy's abandoned and a heartbreaker. Sure, he makes his living with a gun. Sure, he never loved me. But Jesus was a crossmaker. Damn. Who's going to judge me? <laughs> I just, I, I found the song. Thank you, Letterkenny. It's a folk song from the 70s. Uh, that's now got covers uh, that are more recent. Uh, never hit big, but God, it just shakes me to my core. Uh, how do I connect it back to Mario? Yeah, I'm very World? curious as to where this is going. Well, perhaps it's about the repurposing of weapons. Um, maybe the fact that we all make mistakes, but this little bit right here. Uh, just felt like playing Glumdrump Inferno. Glumblump? Glumblumpkin Inferno? Whatever it is. Uh, I heard the thunder come rumbling. The light never looked so dim. I see the junction get near. Danger's in the wind. And either road's looking grim. Hiding me, I flee. Desire dividing me. <laughs> Jesus was a crossmaker. All right, so, uh, <laughs> Corey, what's your song? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came 
see Our troubles are all the same You wanna be where everybody knows your name There we go. The full version of the Cheers intro song. Um, I don't know if I've picked this one before or if anyone else has. I don't know, but I don't regret it and I'm not sorry if I have. I picked the Cheers theme once again, similarly to why I picked my drink for the element of the fact that this is a reminder of a place that you just want to go back to. Uh, mm, you know, nice, there are nice. a million games out there. Listen, every now and again, I go through the uh, Switch store and I'll like buy some random stuff like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. And sometimes that's successful, like Yoku mm. and sometimes less so. Um, but at the end of the day, when I've played these other things and whatnot, I know that I can go back to Mario and see my old friends and I'm going to have a good time. Right. <laughs> he's always Mark. there he's always going to be there yeah <laughs> uh for me rather than a single track it's the output uh, of, a, of a band called baby metal have they have they made it across to you guys they haven't i mean to wow. be fair i don't know that jason and i would know okay so to uh, be baby fair. metal to be fair <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, to be fair. To be fair. Oh, to be fair. Very nice little interlude. Baby Metal are a Japanese metal band uh, comprised entirely of small girls, right? Oh. In, you know, in full-on kawaii Japanese schoolgirl kind of garb. And yet they fucking shred the darkest, most aggressive, growling, fucking overpowered, overclocked death type metal you will ever fucking okay. hear. Um, and that to me, that to me was very evocative of, of the vibe that Super Mario 3D World gives me. Look, so, oh, he's in a little cat suit. How lovely is that? I like cats too. <laughs> but before you know it, you're in fucking Grumble Dump's pantry or whatever. And you're regretting every single choice you've made and you wish it was over. Whatever the fuck it's I am I am going to open a bar and that's what it's gonna be called. Here we go. It's some baby metal. Yeah. The song is Gimme Chocolate. <laughs> Invisible RNG as fuck. They don't it really is <laughs> they don't look like they sound. And that no. that's 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 the the Sorry. crux of it for me. Yeah, uh, this looks Great. fantastic. I need to listen to some baby metal. Yeah, we'll revisit. Mm. All right. Uh, thanks for, for drinking and singing with us. Uh, let's get into Recommendation Station, uh, which Ben is going to put the drop for Recommendation Station right here. I don't know if he's ever recorded one, but here it is now. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Mark, guest of the guest, why don't you give us... I don't know. It, it made sense in my mind <laughs> as I doesn't. said it, Corey. It doesn't. Like, get... <laughs> The get like the cream of the crop, the guest of the uh, the, the guestiest. Mm, oh my God, that's like a sub guest, isn't it? I, I think so. It's and it made Corey sound like she's a guest. <laughs> it made me sound like I'm a guest, and I live here. Yeah, so I get it. You no, do. I get what you were you going do. for. Creme de la guest. Oh no, gross. Mm, no, wish I hadn't said that. No, move on. Nope, nope, nope. My recommendation <laughs> no. station is never drink the creme of the guest. Took <laughs> <laughs> a Mark, turn. Recommend something, please. Save me. <laughs> Look, I can't, I can't in in with a clear conscience recommend Returnal, right? I really can't. But 
because you know as i said earlier on it's gaming as a process of returnal takes you deep into yourself it it, it asks you questions about what you're fucking doing with your life it it, (laughs) it asks you to confront the, the your reflection in the mirror and really make some uncomfortable eye contact with yourself and wonder why you you continue to put yourself through this but in such a precision surgically crafted beautiful way it is so unforgiving and so arbitrary it actively hates you (laughs) this game it it wants you to cry uh and the flip side of that even though i haven't described a particularly fun experience right (laughs) from launch day up until last weekend it took me we're talking a good three four weeks to kill uh to get past the first level the first boss the first biome christ but i swear to god when i when i when i completed that boss i put the game down and i didn't need to touch it for three days because the high lasted that long (laughs) and please don't for a second think i'm exaggerating here because i'm not i was buzzing for days after that first boss victory uh the 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 thrill of just the tiniest little incremental progress on that game it is it is tangible um and and it does so with oh man it is such a feast an audiovisual feast uh it shows off everything the ps5 is capable of doing the controller the, the dual sense controller comes into its own the you know you feel different types of gun you feel the weather for fuck's sake the pit patter of rain uh mm. raindrops in your hands well uh yeah um for those who don't know, every time you die, oh, and you will die, but every time you die, it almost re-rolls the game. The, it's a procedurally generated uh, game. Every time you start again, the levels rearrange themselves, the stats, the power-ups, mm. the weapons re-roll themselves. Every single turn is arbitrary and unforgiving and painful. I hate that. Uh, and you feel it. You feel the pain because it, it lets you hope, and the hope is what kills you. You think you're having such a good run and you've been playing for an hour and you've got a kick-ass gun and you're doing really fucking well and then hope starts to creep in. Maybe this is the one. And then with one fucking click of its horrific fingers, one room will fuck it entirely for you and you've just wasted an hour of your life. Uh, and you have to walk away. Dual sense controllers are expensive, which is why I'm learning to just put it down and walk away for a while. Returnal is brilliant. I fucking love it, man. Such a good game. It makes perfect sense why you would enjoy that. That sounds yes. like a nightmare. It's yes. It's and, also and it it's also um it's not exactly virtue signaling or like backdoor bragging, but it's like along those lines where it's like let me complain about Returnal. This thing I've been playing. Uh, you can only play it on PS5. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not, no, I'm I, not doing that. I would swear I didn't God, start the story that. to No, no, I didn't no, I would never. No, I just want to talk about the hard time I've been having with my PS5. No, that, and when trust you, me, that is. When you get a PS5, I'm sure it'll be. It's going to be tough for you too. Like you'll experience that. We could share that, right? I just need you to be there for me right now. Not now, but later when you've got it. Not now, obviously, but at some undefined juncture in the future, we'll talk and. So I mean, but, the problem yes. with with the BMW is that it can sense the air pressure in the tires. And when it gets cold, it gets a little off. And sometimes a little light will come on and it'll be like, hey, did you need yeah. to check the pressure? And I don't. I don't need to check the pressure. This, this new wallet, it's too small for my 50s. It's, a it's too small. Pain, man. It's too God small. Damn. I can't find anybody to break these, hun- these hundreds. Can't find a damn person. I mean, I got 12 of them in my wallet. Nobody will break them. Just waiting. 
Just waiting. <sighs> Wow. Yes, that, that's 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 what. Uh, also, 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 um, maybe something that you can all share in this is the new Resident Evil, which I believe is cross-platform. So you know, yeah. we could we could talk about. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, just again a feast, an absolute feast. Uh, I, I I don't feel as though I'm exaggerating to say that some of the landscapes in Resident Evil Village, if I, if you didn't know that it was a game, you could be forgiven for thinking that you were looking at a video or a, a high-res photograph. It is that pretty a game uh and i love where we are right now with game visuals i absolutely it it for a long time it felt the future wasn't really going to arrive it felt as though you know 2010 2020 uh, fuck everything's the same finally it it does feel as though the future has arrived in terms of 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 what you're able to see and do on a in a, in a, in a gaming world and i'm here for it very cool i'm very jealous i cannot mm. wait to play myself that will be uh very fun um i've i've had my own uh experience with a game that that hates me and Mm. wants me to suffer and that game is near replicant uh 1.2254 numbers right Mm. um this is a a re-release of a 2010 video game which was uh the game that preceded near automata uh very few people played the original near um and many people played near automata i was one of them and then said, ooh, I want to play the game that this was a sequel to. That sounds really good. Um, Nier has a lot of things going for it. Um, it's right in the middle of a gigantic timeline strung between five games, 12 novels, three stage plays that are all part of the Whoa. same continuity. Stage are, play? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull up the timeline real quick. Um, the stage plays are good. Well, no, this <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. So Nier, the original Nier, is a sequel to the fifth ending of the first Drakengard video game. I just want you to give you that complexity. You have to play Drakengard five times and beat it. And on the fifth ending, you're playing this medieval fantasy game. And the evil sorceress is like, no, Portal will teleport to another magical world. And that magical world is modern day Tokyo. And you fight her above the skies of modern day Tokyo doing a rhythm game like Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, right. Okay. This I remember. Yes. She crumbles into dust. She's this giant statue made of salt that just crumbles. You're like, hell yeah, I win. And then an F-16 shoots you down because you're just flying on a dragon (laughs) and it kills you. (laughs) The world of Nier presumes that you have played Drakengard, got to the fifth ending, and understood that after that, that clearly led to calamity for all of civilization. That magic was unleashed into our world as kind of this infection, almost, that took things over. That's deep lore. Word. So Nier starts as a post-apocalypse to the apocalypse that happened from Drakengard. This feels like, you know, that tweet that people will put up uh, where it's like, um, like, that's, I'm not reading reading all that. I, I'm happy for you, or I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. That's how I feel about that much lore yeah, for you anything. You don't get to say that until you I'm click this link. You, I want you to say that after you click this link. Click the link and then say you're not reading it. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> These aren't that's even the years. This is not a thing. Stop that. That's absurdity. Yep. yep. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I'm oh, happy so for you, or I'm sorry that or happened. Or sorry for you, whatever. Right. And Shit so off, the, am I reading that? <laughs> the the thing that I love about Nier, uh, come on, lore stuff is fun. Like, I get into that. I, I'm nerdy about it, whatever. Yeah. What Nier does really well, though, is it is a game about uh, existentialism, largely not just yeah. kind of philosophy in general, but really about existentialism, about what does it mean to be human and to mm. not have a soul? What What is that, right? To not believe in something called a soul. 
And so there's a great line where a character who is there, there are these two characters who are kind of paired together. And one of them says to the other, um, and they're both robots. They don't have souls. Mm. One says, um, that's why we were put together because neither of us have a soul and the world is too lonely for one to live alone without a soul. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> like you don't need Camus now. Like you've got it. What? Like that's the whole thing. <laughs> Why do I feel so sad for these robots? Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> it's also made in the wake of nine 11. Uh, a lot of his stuff is responding to nine um, 11 and uh, a lot of other things, um, particularly uh, any war where uh, ethnic cleansing and ethnicity is kind of part of it. And so it's often about two cultures not understanding each other, literally being unable to understand each other. So the first time you play through, you beat all the bad guys in near, and the second time you start to play it, and suddenly you can hear what the bad guys are saying. And guess what? They're not so bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hang on. Let me, let me say that out loud, because it sounded like you said you play it through the first time and you don't understand any of the bad guys' dialogue, but then on the second playthrough of the same game, you can understand uh-huh. what they're saying to you. Uh-huh. That's high concept. I love that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, if on that second playthrough, and then, okay, so then you, you get through the second playthrough, there's a new kind of ending added. Mm. And then if you decide to play it a third time, and you get every weapon in the game, and I think that there's 40, then you unlock the ability to get to the, so we've got A ending, B ending, and now C or D ending, which you get based on a choice that you make. Mm. I can't tell you anymore, but there is <laughs> E ending that was added to this that was not in the original game, but has been added for the re-release. And I sat there and, and I watched it. My, my wife watched me play it and just sat there and like slowly got drawn into this game that I'm just repeating over and over and over. And it's a game largely about repetition. So it's a game kind of about Returnal and about that experience and about the experience yeah, of playing yeah, video yeah. games. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's constantly telling you what you are doing is meaningless. It does not matter. And by doing the repetition more and more and more, you create meaning and you create understanding in your everydayness. It's a game mm. about existentialism that doesn't tell you about existentialism. It just makes you feel it. It's like mm. the, the line about we must imagine Sisyphus happy. That's these games. <laughs> and it's amazing. <sighs> these sound like a lot, guys. It's a lot. Oh, it's so good. Oh, and, Corey, and if you're worried about them being too hard to play, because I do know that sometimes you worry about that. I do. It has an easy mode where you can turn on auto battle oh. and you just wander around and he just kills everything. And it's great. And you have a lot of fun. That's useful. Yeah. Very useful. Just does it like cool little sword dance where he like does a twirl and like kill something. And it's like, yeah, do it, man. Rock on. <laughs> of course, I also have a TV where I can watch people kill things if I want. So <laughs> it's true. You know, it's true. That's I've been playing a pretty easy game called um, go into the gym. Nice. That's, uh, <laughs> it's called looking at my Fitbit stats. That's been that's been me lately because I've been super super busy lately. I haven't had time to play anything. Um, I've just been sitting in front of my computer mostly, and my Fitbit has been yelling at me about it ten minutes to the hour every hour, telling me I have two hundred fifty steps left because I haven't moved. Um, that's where I am, but I have been enjoying that. I'm happy to be. That is a game that I very much enjoy. Leveling up. Yeah, leveling up my fitness. Nice. Which has been very, very... I've been taking time for that, which has been really nice. Really briefly, Jason, you mentioned easy mode there. I, I, a big moment for me as an adult gamer was the realisation that you can fuck... There is no shame in dropping down the difficulty, going into easy mode and just enjoying a game. There's no shame in that at all. <laughs> for so long, I would never 
consider putting the bumpers on exactly that exactly that um i don't know and the the realization occurred to me that my time is limited as is all of our time uh and easy mode is is something that respects that yeah the point is to have fun so Mm. play things the way you want to have fun What's amazing to me is that a common critique of this game, uh, Justin McElroy's critique of this game in a very famous game review he did, is that Nier does not respect your time. Mm. And I think it is absolutely a game about respecting your time. A game about mm. saying, like, this is, why are you doing this quest? Yes. Like, this is a game where one of the characters says to you, so you're just going to do whatever anybody says? Like, why are you, <laughs> that's just a random guy in town. What are you doing? Why are you going to go find sheep for him? That's stupid. It's all See, the way this on the other does side of the map. sound like what are like, you doing? Why? Because you know how I don't like accomplish everything in a yeah. game. Uh, you know, Ben hits the door three hundred times until he gets an achievement for hitting the door three hundred times, and I'm like, it didn't work once. I'm over it. Over it. <laughs> you know, and that so that appeals to me. This idea of it being like, yeah, someone told you to do something. What does that accomplish for you? Mm. Oh, it doesn't. Sweet, I'm out. Yeah, it's it's actually not a very long game. I know, because I just played it five times. Uh, <laughs> if you ignore all the side quests. Which I, I happily I start, do. I, I like the people. I like meeting them. I like learning about them. It's fair. Um, and like most of the people have names. There's one character. He's called the man with the red bag. Guess why? He's got a red bag. <laughs> like, it's the stupidest thing ever. It's like an intentionally like, vague video game character. Right? Man with the red bag. Like men of low moral fiber. Yeah, exactly. And if you get to his fifth side quest, you learn like so much about who he is and all of these other things, he never gets a name. Like, the game is still, like, just... Like the bass player. In some of the most fun ways. The ba- TBP. TBP. TB player. Feel oh, it. Oh, so good. That's from that thing you do, Mark. For the okay, thank you. <laughs> what, name your segues? <laughs> name your segues. The thing I do. Very nice. Meta. I love it. Um, <laughs> I maintain to this day that I saw them shooting that film on my one time that I've ever been to the States. I still maintain that I walked past that thing you do being filmed. There's every um, reason to think that. They are, from, they are from Erie, PA, as they yeah. say in the movie. You gotta so, be quick with me. I'm from Erie, PA. So it's not pronounced Irie. Huh. <laughs> so many it's years Erie, wrong. Erie, actually. Erie. <laughs> Erie. In the French. Erie, pa. Um, <laughs> Erie, pa. Uh, so our developer highlight uh, for this month is a twofer. Uh, we're gonna highlight nice. a developer and a video game bundle. So the developer is Rashid Abouede, uh for his game Laila and the Shadows of War, uh, which is a game about uh, being in Gaza during the war in 2014. Uh, it's a minimalist, story-driven platformer. It's about the conflict between, well, between uh, Israel and Palestine. It's from the Palestinian perspective. It's not about between two equal states, right? It's about war crimes committed by Israel against uh-huh. Palestinians. Uh, so let me be very clear when I phrase it that way. Um, and it's won like dozens of awards. Uh, super cool. Uh, you can buy it in places, get it for free, but the best way to get it, and this is leading to my second announcement for our game developer, is a bundle that is going to be starting probably the time you listen to this episode and run through June 11th. It's not currently live when I'm recording it, but they say it will be in the next couple days. If you were part of the itch.io bundle last summer during the uh, Games for uh, Social Justice bundle, uh, that was hundreds and hundreds of games for $15. This one, we're looking at 700 games for, I believe, starting at $5, pay what you want. 
I would encourage Whoa. everyone to go get it. It will be on itch.io between now and June 11th. And the hot headliner, the highlight game is Laila and the Shadows of War. That is the game you're purchasing, and then you get 700 free games by other developer. Mm. By other developers, all the proceeds benefit the United Nations Relief and Works Agency uh, and benefit directly Palestinians. Um, nice. So, yeah, that's that's a game and a bundle that we're excited about. I can promise you this. We're going to get that bundle, and we're going to think about some games to play, and at some point, we're going to pull a game from that bundle. Probably <laughs> a few, because we'll then have 700 games to play. Um, you have a lot of content. It's really there. overwhelming. Phenomenal mm. problem to have. Uh, yep. And also phenomenal that 700 developers have stepped forward to say that they want to give away their games for free. Because uh, they don't get anything from yeah, this. that's awesome. Um, and next month's game is going to be a short hike. All right. Uh, well, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Corey. Uh, let me tell you where the people, tell the people where they can find us. Uh, our website is menoflowmoralfiber.com. Find us on Twitter at pod. Instagram at Men of Lone World Fiber. Uh, we're on Facebook, evidently. Uh, we've got an email, though. Multipod at gmail. Gmail.com. <laughs> Jesus Gmail. Christ, Jason. Gmail. Gmail. <laughs> it's M-O-L-M-M. Gmail. Mark, you might think I'm mocking your accent, but actually, I'm just having a minor stroke. It was very good. So, it actually sounds and, like how I sound when I mock Corey's accent. Gmail.com. Phenomenal. <laughs> Gmail. Do you say the Gmail? <laughs> um, all right. Well, then, hey, Mark, since Ben's not here, maybe you could uh, help us get out of here. I'd love to. I have been Mark. I will be Jason. Who's normally here? Then uh, and I am a mighty pirate. <laughs> and my psychological wounds from Grumblump Inferno will never heal. <laughs> Wait. Hey, I, there were no quotes in the game. What do you want me to do? Come on. <laughs> <laughs>